0: Moderator
1: for tonight's
0: broadcast. I'm your moderator, Chris Paul. Let's be reasonable. Well, yeah, everybody's welcome to come on out to the range and practice on the mechanical bull, but just beware the rides of March. It's high noon for Monday, March 15th, 2020 d21 follow the podcast on gabin parlor at i'm your moderator or on the telegram messenger app at t.me slash i'm your moderator you can also join the discussion thread at a brand new location t.me slash i'm reasonable had to move it got overwhelmed with spam bots figured a fresh start was in order so there we are Just jump on over there and everything is going to be just fine. You can also buy a beautiful T-shirt or mug or tote bag or other stuff. www.cancelcotour.com, And that helps support me, support the podcast, and it's a whole lot of fun. If you listen on iTunes, go do me a favor and drop a five-star rating on there or write up a review. I love it. I love it. So today is the 54th full day of Barack Obama's third term as served by the half-dead, demented, degenerate, ventriloquist, dummy, fake proxy president, Joe Biden, who is overwhelmingly compromised by the Chinese Communist Party. And really just little more than an empty shell. An empty vessel ready to be filled with all the most America-destroying ideas that the Chinese Communist Party can possibly think up. And even more ideas that our American Communist Party, the Democrats, and a bunch of corrupt Republicans can think up as well. Joe Biden is a Trojan horse for everything that could end America. He is also the patriarch of one of the country's most historically corrupt families, as the Bidens have sold out American policy for personal wealth and power for five decades. And it is a family affair. And if you don't think Dr. Jill Biden is part of it, well, you're wrong. Because she would have to be absolutely stupid and clueless. And that's impossible because she's a real doctor. He's also the father of one of the most despicable sons in the history of the world, Hunter Biden. Where is Hunter? Oh yeah, he's in Venice Beach just chilling out. Good for him that he's in a place so liberal and so communist that not a single person there cares about the fact that he was making deals with our most dangerous foreign adversaries while having child porn on his computer. No big deal. Congratulations, America. You've become complicit in a country-destroying criminal enterprise. Exactly what you wanted. To make sure that everyone knows that your self-image wasn't tainted by Donald Trump. So it was a big weekend for pandemic disease. And that's just the Grammys. I watched a little bit of this Cardi B performance that has everyone in an uproar on one side or the other. I mean somehow the communists think that this is like one of the most beautiful, powerful displays of femininity that has ever existed. And if that's the case, then I think the whole project needs to be abandoned, but it was actually totally thoroughly reprehensible. I mean, it was disgusting. First of all, Cardi B's music is disgusting and it's not just the sex stuff or the hatred of men and the racism and the grossness of it. It's also the pure, unadulterated worship of materialism and material goods, name brand designers, like two-inch long fake fingernails that are honestly disgusting. I mean, I don't know how that got to be A fashion thing like I remember when I was a little kid you know the Guinness Book of World Records they used to actually put out a book and you could flip through it or there would be like almanacs and stuff and you could see like here's the person with the world's longest fingernails and they like would get so long that they would just start curling around and like make little spirals I don't know why anyone would do that it is absolutely disgusting but How far away are we from that, really? I mean, those nails are gross. I don't even know how people function with those things attached to their fingers. I mean, maybe it's just one of those symbols that like, hey, it's actually impossible that I do any sort of work. And the fact that I am declaring myself to be someone who is not equipped for jobs means that I must be of some higher class, some higher economic class that doesn't have to worry about that. And so maybe that's what it is. Like sociologically, I have no idea or psychologically, but it's gross. Can we just admit that it's gross? The eyelash extensions, the plastic surgery, the disgusting outfits, the fake bodies, the fake faces, all of it. It's just so gross. Her hits are all about buying shit and calling other people poor, essentially, while it's only an undertone that this stuff was bought through initially being a prostitute. And now making pop songs for people with double-digit IQs. But when a song with zero intellectual quality called Wet Ass Pussy, apologies if the family's around, I didn't name the song. I think we all know what WAP is. That's like the song of the year. In our culture right now, that's cultural decay. That's cultural rot. It's disgusting. But somehow the fourth or fifth, which wave of feminism are we on at this point where they don't even try to hide the fact anymore that it is a communist vehicle for the degradation of society? We have these woke communist feminists thinking that this is what the definition of sexual empowerment is. It's not. Also, using sex and drugging men to get or steal expensive shit is not honorable just because a stripper who performs rap songs says it. This isn't empowering femininity And it's not empowering minorities. All the stuff they pretend these charades are about is exactly the opposite of what it's about. It's only about knocking society off of any sort of moral compass. And these are the same people. This is the same political group, the same faction of our society the same communists who are out there constantly talking about how pedophilia is merely a sexual orientation and it needs to be met with understanding. You see, once your moral compass has been entirely eroded to the point where it doesn't even really exist anymore, then all you need is a society that's complicit with evil to get away with evil. It's no longer okay to say the things that I'm saying right now. What could be more obvious than the fact that this performance at the Grammys and the politics represented at the Grammys signal the end of any sort of cohesive or sensible cultural morality. Like, it's embarrassing. It's honestly embarrassing. And this isn't me, like, being a prude. No one who knows me has ever thought that. Trust me. And I've known plenty of actors and even plenty that like Cardi B, could never in any possible way be called a musician. This isn't me saying that artists shouldn't be able to express themselves. This isn't a knock on artists in any way. This is me saying that Cardi B is not an artist. What she does is not art. And this thing That we now pretend is art. Is just cultural rot, And it's gross. And I guess this morning they released the Oscar nominations. As if anyone cares. Anyone. Did anyone see these movies? I'm a movie fan. I usually make it a point. To try to watch all the Oscar movies. I can't even motivate myself to watch any of them. Why do I want to see a bunch of communists give me their communism in a former art form? I don't want to watch that. I'll watch Mank because David Fincher directed it. But really, what's the motivation For any of the rest of it. I can't imagine the rest of the country. After watching Hollywood. Participate in the destruction of our society. Over the last year. Enforcing masks. Enforcing lockdowns. Enforcing censorship. Calling everyone. Who disagrees with them evil. Who wants to watch that? Who wants to watch any of it? The Oscars are going to be like the NBA was last week. The NBA lost I think 25% of its viewership for the all-star game from just last year. There's a reason for that. I bet, I I mean, I would think that the Oscars are going to drop even more than that. You can even look at cable news right now. Don Lemon has lost a third of his audience since the election. All of CNN is like around 30%. That's really bad. People are tuning out. And, you know, for me, good. People are not watching CNN. But the flip side of that is that it also tells you how many people were watching CNN because they were participating in the propaganda. And now that they got the result that they wanted or they think that they got the result that they wanted, they have no use for it anymore. They've checked right back out. So they go through in what they say was the most important Presidential election in our history, and I agree that it probably was, they don't bother finding out anything about the election, except what Don Lemon and Chris Cuomo might tell them. And then as soon as it's over, well, they did their job, wipe their hands, they're out of there. They don't care at all. The rest of the world be damned. And it is a bit damned. But speaking of Cuomo's very cheap segue. I agree. Joe Biden has finally voiced an opinion on whether or not Andrew Cuomo resigns. It's funny. Some of the headlines are like Biden breaks his silence. He's not breaking his silence. (laughs) It's not like Biden intends to do things like he's got to keep quiet about the Cuomo thing. But now's the right time to say something. He's given his opinion, and then he mutters it in public, and now this is supposed to be a real position. He basically said that there are investigations ongoing, so he needs to wait for the results of the investigations. Hey, what happened to believe women? Oh, that was all a lie, too? Got it. Me, too. Lie. Time's up. Lie. Believe all women. Lie. Believe women. Even the softer version of it that everybody pretends is the only thing they ever said lie. It's all a lie, which is not to say that the women are lying. It's to say that the ethic behind these movements was always a lie. They were simply vehicles and tools for attacking particular political targets. Where was the investigation into Stormy Daniels? Where was the investigation into any of the women who were coming forward accusing Trump of things from 2015 until, really, now? Were there investigations of any of those? Legal investigations? No. Criminal investigations? No. CNN accepted the stories as true. They gave all of those women airtime, night after night after night, so they could come on and tell their story including and especially Stormy Daniels, who went on television with Michael Avenatti, who's now in jail. The same people were saying that Michael Avenatti should be president, that he's the guy that should take on President Trump. But Cuomo has seven women now come forward to accuse him of inappropriate touching or kissing, which is labeled sexual assault for some reason. I mean, that's a totally overboard label and the others for sexual harassment. And then there's another 30 who say that he was bullying and inappropriate in his role as governor. But not only does he not have to resign, even according to the most powerful man in the world, Joe Biden, He gets to do it while the two senators from his state, multiple congresspeople from his state, and others around the country are calling for his resignation, but he also gets to do it while still appearing on television to lie about COVID, and the focus has been entirely shifted. Away from the hospitals. And again, of course, I think it's going to come back around to the nursing homes. There's no way he's just going to float through that, especially as the heat gets turned up on other governors. But I'm talking about the public response from these people, from the communists. They get to say their thing, give their little political opinion so that they can check themselves off and be like, hey, I was on the right side of this one. And then everybody just moves on. There are people from his own state saying he has lost the ability to govern that state. And he still won't resign. And Joe Biden, as president, refuses to call for it. There are rumors of disagreement in the Biden fake administration. Uh, Apparently, his chief of staff, Ron Klain, is of the opinion that Biden should be calling for Cuomo's resignation, but he's been met with resistance from Jen Psaki. Now, why the press secretary is weighing in on something like that, who knows? I cannot imagine any serious person would be desperately seeking Jen Psaki's input on an issue like this, but that's what the reports are. And it seems like maybe Kamala wants Cuomo out, but who knows? I mean, she will say and do whatever she has to say and do to get more power. That's kind of her thing. And then you have Nancy Pelosi out there agreeing with Joe Biden and saying that she still has a a zero tolerance policy sexual harassment, but that zero tolerance starts after they don't need to use the person who's being accused of sexual harassment to advance their power any longer. So it'll be back to zero tolerance if and when Andrew Cuomo decides to resign or gets impeached. Then at that point, Nancy Pelosi will be like, yes, as I said, we have a zero tolerance policy but the zero tolerance policy doesn't kick in for a month or three months or six months or a year or however long. It's not really important. We don't expect that he's going to sexually harass people again. That's what zero tolerance means. It's like once you get caught seven times, then you don't tolerate it anymore unless an eighth person does it. And then you tolerate it for a little longer, but ultimately it's zero tolerance. And if we, You know, if we continue to tolerate it until he dies. Well, at that point, zero tolerance going forward, because then we know he's never going to do it again. Now, out in Nancy Pelosi's state of California, that was the worst segue ever, I know. Apparently, there are riots in Los Angeles or there were riots in Los Angeles over the weekend. I imagine they will continue Celebrating, I guess, what word do you use? Commemorating the one-year anniversary of Breonna Taylor's death. I mean, at this point, can't we just all admit that they are nothing more than a domestic terror organization that is out there intentionally committing acts of violence against the American public, people's private businesses, police officers, hoping that somehow that advances their political goals. There is absolutely no reason to be out there riding on the one-year anniversary of Breonna Taylor's death. And again, the entire Breonna Taylor story from the beginning was a lie. She was not shot while in bed, her own boyfriend on the scene of the crime that night said that Brianna Taylor shot at police. That's what he said. It's not what I'm saying. It's what he said. The accepted story now is that the boyfriend actually was shooting at police and that Brianna Taylor was shot and killed in the crossfire. Now, I'm not sure which one of those two stories is true. But I do know that one story is not true. And that's the story where the police went in on a no-knock raid and then shot Brianna Taylor in her bed while sleeping. And that's what we were told. That's the story that we were told to justify the violence last year. And that story is now being used to justify violence now, a year later. Because of the anniversary? It's just an excuse for rioting. And they're pretending to have the same excuse up in Portland, even though they've been rioting for weeks. The fencing has gone back up now around the federal courthouse because last week they set it on fire with people inside. It's not about Breonna Taylor. It's not about race. It's not about anything. It's not even about Trump. Last year, you could even say, oh, well, it's about Trump. It's not even about Trump. It's about this is a communist terrorist organization operating inside the United States of America, committing violence, destroying property, harming police officers. And the woke communist left pretends that if we just paint Black Lives Matter on a bunch of walls. Then they'll stop. They'll go away. Black Lives Matter and Antifa, they just they want something really legitimate. And they're just acting out because of all the injustice in the world. They're acting out on the anniversary of what they perceive as injustice. That's what's happening. And then Minneapolis went last week and awarded George Floyd's family $27 million. I guess for his wrongful death. $27 million. So they're rich now. And actual people are, had to pay that money that the Minneapolis City Council voted unanimously to award George Floyd's family for the settlement of a lawsuit. $27 million. And again, this is the city council agreeing on a settlement number. It's not a court saying that this was a wrongful death. It's the city council deciding unanimously to give them $27 million, maybe in hopes that they'll keep pretending that George Floyd was just a fine, upstanding citizen of Minneapolis and not on a lethal dose of fentanyl when that happened. And it's odd that they did this right before his trial is about to start. Like while jury selection is in process, they do this. And now the defense, of course, is requesting a change of venue, which is entirely legitimate. They went ahead and made national news that George Floyd's family gets this shocking amount of money. It's for the headlines. Just like when Dominion sues Sidney Powell or Mike Lindell or Lynn Wood for like billions of dollars. But they don't even start the cases because then they would open themselves up to discovery. But the billion dollar thing, that catches headlines. That tells a world of very stupid people, oh, they, well, they couldn't have done anything wrong or why would they be suing for a billion dollars? People actually have that thought and think it's a smart thought. But then again, these people think that anything that pushes their point of view forward and apparently maybe just tortures other people is a smart thought. The New York Post had to report, and I say had to report because no one should be wanting to report this. It's so mind-numbingly stupid that you almost wish it couldn't happen or that it couldn't even get this much air. But they reported last week about a uh, group of uh, social justice woke warriors who have called memes – With Oprah Winfrey, digital blackface. Now, this has been a concept that has been around for, I don't know, five or six years. I feel like it was mm, 2015 or so when I first saw this stuff pop up. But it's the idea that white people or non-black people should not be allowed to use memes or make memes or share memes with black people featured in the memes. And they said, this is an actual quote, while seemingly harmless, the problem with digital blackface is that it often reinforces negative stereotypes about black folks, such as they're aggressive, loud, sassy, and simply here for your consumption and entertainment. What? This is just another way to label people racist if you don't like what they're doing. I don't see anyone out there pushing for black people to stop using white people in memes. Are we to imagine that there aren't racist memes about white people out there of course there are. You know, and all of these these woke platforms even. It's all just so transparent. I mean, on Clubhouse today There is a club or a room or whatever you call it. And the title of it is the danger of the good white person syndrome. All right. The danger of the good white person syndrome. I guess it's not okay to be a good white person. You don't get to be a good white person unless you do exactly what they say. Imagine that was flipped around. That would be one of the most racist things anyone could ever write. That's like legitimate Civil War era racism. Jim Crow era racism. Good old Southern Democrat racism. Like KKK racism. That kind of Democrat. You know, Democrat. The danger of good white person syndrome, hosted by Miss. Queenie Johnson, Kelsey Nielsen, and Ashley Oliver. I have no idea who those people are besides the fact that they're obvious unrepentant racists. But sure, let's drill down on digital blackface. Wouldn't want anybody sharing Oprah memes, especially in the midst of everyone sharing the picture where it looks like Oprah is wearing an ankle monitor. That's where the picture started, isn't it? Is that what you're really mad at, commies? It might be. Now, am I saying that Oprah was wearing an ankle monitor? No. I have no idea if she was wearing an ankle monitor or not. I do know that it looks like there's something in her boot on the picture. It's okay to say that. I'm not speculating beyond that. Could just be lighting. Could be a fold in the leather. Don't know. But I do know. That there's not any sort of hate speech element to posting memes of Oprah. And if there is, the platforms are probably taking care of those or the public is just rejecting them. But we don't need to pretend that certain racist memes are somehow signifiers of this massive cultural problem of digital blackface. And a lot of people have been remarking about Bill Maher's monologue on Friday night, where he was talking about how America is now a silly people because we prioritize the trivial while China is basically destroying us. And he's right about that. Unfortunately, he's years too late and has spent way too much time promoting exactly that, I mean, the number of people that he's had on his show who were involved in the Russia hoax, who were involved in the propaganda state media, like legitimate people who used to be in counterintelligence coming on and lying about Donald Trump, and he's happy to host them because he hated Donald Trump and had Trump derangement syndrome too. But now, now it's now it's safe to go out and talk about how bad China is. Well, yeah, man, you just helped elect the guy who is the single most corrupt and compromised elected representative that China could ever dream of. And you helped put him in the office of fake president. You did that, Bill Maher. Like, sorry, I used to really respect Bill Maher. I've met him a bunch of times. Like, he was a hero of mine at one point in my life. But this is ridiculous. You don't get to come out now and say this shit. You're the one who put us behind the eight ball. Recognizing that in March of 2021 doesn't matter. It mattered six months ago. And it would have mattered if he actually had the balls to stand up and say, this China thing's an actual problem. And it might not be so good if we put a guy in office who's completely compromised by China, who has business dealings with China, with Russia, with Ukraine. But he didn't do that. He told everybody it was vitally important to get Trump out of office. And Bill Maher was one of the first people to push the notion that Trump would refuse to leave office. So no, sorry, not on the team. Sarah Silverman did the same thing over the weekend. She said that the left has gotten to be too absolutist and too crazy and too extreme. And now she doesn't want to be associated with any political party. Well, congratulations, Sarah, for waking up way too late and for thinking that this statement of disaffiliation is somehow helpful. It's not. You don't get to leave that side and then just be like, well, you know, I'm just in the middle now, so it's not my problem. It is your problem. You've participated in every single bit of this for years. People tried to to tell all of these people. In fact, they shouldn't even need people to try to tell them. They should just be better at their jobs and be more responsible with their platforms. Maybe take in an alternate point of view every now and then and stop pretending that somehow Fox is an alternate point of view. It's just the other side of the central narrative. These people don't even know what they don't know still. They're not even sure why they're upset. They participated in the same level of extreme rhetoric for years, for years. And now they're just like, oh, well, you know, that wasn't me. That wasn't me. I mean, I was definitely out there canceling people and calling everyone racist and openly supporting communists. But... It's not my fault. It's not my fault. I was on the stage at the Democrat National Convention in 2016 supporting Bernie Sanders. But it's not my fault. Because Bernie Sanders, quote unquote, fights for the quote unquote working people. Right. Bernie Sanders is a dyed-in-the-wool communist and always has been. Just because he calls it democratic socialism does not mean that there's some higher reaching intellectual quality to what he supports. He's just a straight up communist. Ask him where the limits are. He won't tell you. And he doesn't need to. Because no one on his side actually cares whether or not there's a difference in his position and communism. Because they are dead set on the idea that the government can go out and fix everyone's problems simply through slogans. So they just repeat the slogans and whoever they like, personally like, like they're like, oh, I have an affinity for Bernie and I like the way he says the slogans, so he's my guy. Oh, well, you know, I like AOC. She really says those slogans really well. And Nancy Pelosi, well, you know, for sure, she's an evil bitch, but she knows all the slogans, and it sure seems like she knows how to make those slogans into reality. So really, commies, great job once again. Now, the current worst communist in the country, Anthony Fauci, was on all of the morning shows yesterday uh, complaining basically about how Trump would not go out there and try to convince his supporters to go out and get the vaccine that they clearly don't need because nobody needs the vaccine. But he's out there selling vaccines as he always does, talking about how safe and how effective they are, how it's such a miracle that we have this, and everybody needs to take it. And if we don't get 75 or 80% of the people to take the vaccine, well, then we won't hit herd immunity, even though that's not how herd immunity works. And then the disease will never go away. We might end up getting another surge if we don't get enough people vaccinated. And then if that happens, we're going to have to cancel 4th of July, Independence Day. He really says these things. And not even 24 hours later, after these remarks, the AstraZeneca vaccine is having its use halted all across Europe. In fact, Italy actually seized a supply of the AstraZeneca vaccine for investigation. That's not good. We're all supposed to trust these vaccines. Just trust them. No matter what, you got to trust them. Even though we're trying to force them on you and we're trying to lead you down this trail, like the witch in Hansel and Gretel, like just being like, "Here, here, you can see your friends if you do this. Well, you might be able to travel if you do this. You might be able to have a barbecue in back of your house with 10 or fewer people in July if you do this. It's like one step closer, one step closer, one step closer. Keep upping the ante. Keep taking away freedoms and promising to give them back if more people get vaccinated. That's an untrustworthy strategy at the beginning. All right? If you want everybody to take a vaccine, first be honest about the disease, but you've already missed that opportunity and you have for the last year. So people aren't going to believe you no matter what. And it doesn't matter if Trump goes out there and says it. I don't know anyone who is against this vaccine, whose opinion will change based on Trump saying it. No one is going to do that. And there's no way that Trump is going to go out there and advertise it. Trump has shown no sign of wanting to restrict people's freedom. Yes, he did go along with the lockdown strategy last spring, and that was a mistake on his part. Now, there might have been other stuff going on that I don't know about, but that looks to me just like a simple mistake. And again, last week, you know, we were talking about the Scott Atlas article. The president didn't have anyone in there advising him about how to handle coronavirus that didn't agree with Anthony Fauci. It's possible he just got railroaded, and it's unfortunate if that's the case, but it's a mistake regardless. He should have never encouraged lockdowns. It's sad that he did. But beyond that, I can't think of another instance where Trump actually supported a restriction of freedom on any American. And that is not the same for the other side. The other side is supporting as many restrictions as they possibly can. And here's another problem with how we're thinking about this, right? So there's obviously all these reports around the world of vaccine deaths. Now, Alex Berenson, uh, who's been on top of the COVID stuff since the very, very beginning and has been right the entire time, he tweeted out, Fun fact, the AstraZeneca vaccine has 54,571 adverse events reports in Europe, including at least 198 deaths, 63 cardiac. The Pfizer mRNA vaccine has 102,100, including at least 957 deaths, 276 cardiac. Similar number of doses given, but it's the AstraZeneca shot that's in trouble. And, you know, he's right about that. The AstraZeneca shot is being taken off the market in these places and the Pfizer and the Johnson and Johnson and the Moderna shots have not been mentioned at all. And remember, Anthony Fauci has a stake, a personal stake in Moderna. But when we hear about these vaccine deaths, we're being told, oh, the person had this other condition or that other condition or that other condition. So it wasn't really the vaccine that killed them. How many more vaccine-related deaths do we need to see before we're allowed to say that the vaccine actually killed them? Former prize fighter Marvin Hagler died after getting the vaccine, and Tommy Hearns had tweeted out that Hagler was in the ICU as a result of the effects of the vaccine. And now they're trying to say, no, 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 it was just natural causes. had nothing to do with the vaccine. 66-year-old man gets the vaccine, goes to the ICU, dies. But no, it's not the vaccine. Well, okay. When do we get to call that a vaccine death? How many do we need? Because we know for a fact that we have motorcycle crashes being counted as COVID deaths. We can look back on the New York Times when it ran their front page article when we hit 100,000 recorded COVID deaths, you know, by their terms. And in the first six names that they listed, they basically like were listing the names of all 100,000 people like the sixth person named was murdered and they had it classified as a COVID death murdered. So if a murder can be called COVID, why do we have to pretend that a vaccine related death was actually the death's real cause? So, you know, if somebody got the vaccine and then that night was murdered, I wouldn't call that a vaccine death. That would be crazy, but that would be called a COVID death. So they basically have the terrible logic working in their favor in opposite directions. They can't even be consistent about that. And of course they can't because the whole thing is about getting vaccines sold. Got to market the vaccine, got to sell the vaccine. So we can't be having vaccine deaths, can't be talking about vaccine deaths, even though they are a real thing, can't be talking about it. Hey, what are the risk conditions, for instance, that might make someone more susceptible to being killed by the vaccine? Do we get to know that Are patients allowed to have informed consent about what they're about to have injected into their bodies? Why can't we have that? I mean if the idea is that the vaccine works so well that it could be worth the risk to some people in certain groups, say that and then let people make an informed decision. Okay. I have no problem with that. Actually, not every cure is going to work. And maybe some people are deciding that the odds are better in their favor. If they take the vaccine, that's okay. But tell them, Stop lying about it. And when is someone going to answer this simple question? And again, this is not my question. I mean, people are saying it. But there's no answer. If a vaccinated person is still in danger while being around an unvaccinated person, then what does the vaccine do? What does the vaccine do? We just get told that once enough people get the vaccine, then we're at herd immunity. That's it. So really the vaccine is just a placebo for herd immunity. Cause if it doesn't help you and you can't be around a non-vaccinated person, I mean, again, we're not even talking about an unvaccinated person that has COVID we're saying they're saying that you can't have unvaccinated people even mixing in your group the dirty unwashed masses we can't have them around because they might give us their disease even though they don't have a disease there are many things this is but none of them are science or data or morality and of course it's not good enough that we take care of ourselves individually Fauci actually said to Chuck Todd A global pandemic requires a global response. Well, no, it doesn't. How's that possible? Not every place has the same response. And some places are doing just fine. One of them is Florida. That's in our country. So, no, we don't need everyone in the world to do the same thing. And it's amazing that they actually make statements like this and they just pass off as normal a global response. So we should all do the same thing and we should trust you guys that you know what's best for the entire world. You don't even know what's best for this country. You don't even know what's best for anybody. Anthony Fauci has said the opposite of every other thing Anthony Fauci has said. And Chuck Todd introduced him on the show as the most trusted man in the world about coronavirus. Really? Well, maybe that's true, but he's also the most untrusted man in the world about coronavirus. And so you shouldn't have those two things. kind of takes away from what you're saying. Chuck Tata also premised a question to Anthony Fauci saying, since we know that there are going to be more pandemics in the world brought on by climate change, what? Now climate change is being used as an excuse to have more pandemics in the future. How exactly does their model of climate change suggest more pandemics? I would love to know that. And again, where is any call to have people actually look after their immune systems? That would have been the best. Solution to this pandemic. A disease that kills people at the same rate as the flu. And we're told that we have to hide in our homes, destroy our society, change our lives, not see our family members as they are dying. And then get a vaccine. Or else you can't return to your normal life. All of this. For a disease as deadly as the flu. But of course, none of this matters because Anthony Fauci is there to sell vaccines. Anthony Fauci actually made the mistake of doing one of his little celebrity promotional videos last week. And it turns out he chose the wrong celebrity. He went on with a Mexican comedian named uh, Eugenio Derbez, who absolutely grilled him. He was actually, he was very nice and his, Strategy was perfect. He really did a phenomenal service for everyone. But he was asking Anthony Fauci questions that put him on the spot and that he was totally unable to answer. I wonder why there's not more focus on these things. Everyone's going to show the clip of Fauci talking about the vaccines and how great they are, even though some of them are being pulled out of use. Because they're dangerous, he's on there advertising them. Chuck Todd throws him softball questions and even nonsense questions like the one about climate change, just so that he can tie the whole global agenda together while Fauci advertises that they need a global solution. But he goes on and gets absolutely destroyed by a comedian asking normal person questions. And it barely gets out there because it's going to be silenced. And speaking of being silenced, boom segue, this one, this one, I got lucky on this segue because I got this email like in the midst of recording. So Yelp emailed me, right? I was talking about how I was leaving reviews on the Yelp pages of businesses that were super communist and they wrote, hello, we're reaching out to let you know that our moderators removed your reviews of, and then it lists the places because they were more representative Of the extraordinary circumstances we are experiencing than an everyday experience at the business. Thank you for understanding and thanks for using Yelp. And of course, that's ridiculous. So I wrote, well, that's unacceptable. There are not these are not extraordinary circumstances. Florida has been fully open since September and there is no proof anywhere in the world of masks working. Customers should be aware that these businesses are enforcing a communist agenda that directly conflicts with the data and scientific recommendations. The employees are rude and normal customers who don't guide their lives on the basis of fear should have the knowledge before choosing to support them. Please let me know what policy was violated or restore the reviews. I really don't think. And by the way, I am someone who is known for violating these platforms policies. I do not deny that whatsoever. Um, because I'm going to say whatever the hell I want. And if their policies are not in line with that, then I would rather take the violation and make them enforce it and show what they're going to do. I'm not going to tailor my action to the communist agenda. Right. But I really don't think that I violated any of their policies. So I guess one of the businesses must have complained and then looked at the other reviews and said, Hey, this guy's doing this on all these different businesses. Well, all these different businesses are acting like rude communists. So yes, I am going to do that. If I'm not violating the policy, then what's the problem? And by the way, we're talking about Yelp, an organization that tries specifically to promote the communist BLM agenda and last year asked their customers to report on businesses that didn't live up to their standards of racial justice and behavior as defined by communists in black lives matter. That's the long and short of it. So they can do that. They can do that. No problem. But this, this is an extraordinary circumstance and they can't have this point of view getting out there in the public because that's bad, right? I think everyone, if you're listening to this, leave Yelp reviews, When businesses make you do things that you don't need to do and don't want to do just to be patrons of their business, leave them reviews. If they don't want customers who don't want to wear masks and don't want to go along with the communist agenda, that should be something that's acceptable to say on that platform. But they can't have that, right? Because then other people will see it. And then other people will actually have the realization that no, Kami, not everyone is as scared as you. And not everyone actually does support these mask agendas. Part of the problem here is that the national story we get is that everybody agrees about masking and everybody thinks this is a good thing. And all these places are doing it. No, it's only in the media centers. And it's only in communist strongholds in cities around the country. It's not anywhere else. There are entire states, again, there are entire states that are open and have been open. What happened to Florida's Super Bowl super spreader event? Oh, that just didn't happen? Of course it didn't. What happened to any of the super spreader events they've ever talked about? Remember, they kept saying that Joe Biden couldn't do political rallies because it was bad for COVID. Not one of Trump's rallies, not one was a super spreader event, not a single one. These people are liars. They lie. They always lie. When people realize they're lying, then they censor. That's how it goes. They wouldn't be censoring if it wasn't true. They wouldn't need to. Got to stand up for this, man. Everybody's got to start standing up for this stuff. Or it's just going to keep going the wrong direction. And again, I have full faith that this stuff is going to work itself out because I have faith in the American people. But you got to do your part. You just have to. I'll be back tomorrow at the same reasonable time on the same reasonable podcast network. I don't have a network. Masks and lockdowns don't work. And Joe Biden will never be president. Goodbye.